everybody. Welcome to Traction Pack. I'm Rob. I'm Coach. I'm Lazelle. And this week, we are following up on the wreck fest that was Talladega in October <laughs> and looking forward to a race that I will be seeing for the first time, the Roval. It's not a great name, but I'm looking forward to a great race. How are you gentlemen doing? I am excited for Sunday. Uh, I'm going to wake up probably around 6.30, and by 7 a.m. I will be starting my drinking. What time does this race begin? Um, I don't know exactly when it will um, it will start, um, but I am just going to marinate all day uh, Sunday. Uh, just I haven't ha- had that in a while. Oh, yeah, it starts at, I think, 11.30, either 11 or 11.30. Okay, that's pretty early, so yeah. you're good. Yeah, but I, I want to get the racetrack gonna... experience. <laughs> start so at 3 p.m., you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, so I have to do my shopping for that. Um, and speaking of scheduling, uh, I have a quick little bit of follow-up on uh, the schedule that we were talking about from last uh, podcast for the 2021 season. Uh, even with their changes, they now have six road courses. They still only have six short tracks on there. And you get and you subtract out uh, you know, the, the restrictor plate tracks, and you subtract out the Darlingtons, and... Uh, there's a, uh, I think there's a two New Hampshire's that's still like 16 tracks on there, 16 races on there that are somewhat boring, mile and a half, two mile, all the same. So that's, I mean, you want to fix that, just go to Iowa, add two more dates to Iowa, take away two from somewhere. Uh, I don't, I don't know where, but it just, it's a move in the right direction, but they still have ways to improve it. So... Interesting. Yeah, that would be cool to see. I would just get a new one in there. They're adding new tracks. A new short track uh-huh. would have been cool. Um, not Bristol again, but this time we're dumping dirt on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> although you know that's going to be a fun race. It will be a fun race. I'm just thinking that uh, so far this year, the best race that I that I personally enjoyed has been the Bristol race. Um, mm-hmm. With And they finally got that track to perfection. So whatever. Fine. We're moving on. Um <laughs> So, talking about, uh, moving on, uh, Wreckfest, Talladega. Wreckfest at Talladega. The only person who likes these restrictive races is Lizelle. <laughs> and he picked the winning driver. Were you surprised? Not really. Um, remember, I think I even called it last, uh, last time. I said, I have learned not to go against what, whoever Lizelle picks for the race. And because it makes no sense to me, but still. Uh, congratulations, you bastard. You are <laughs> in first place with nine pool wins. Uh, I'm in second with seven, and Rob is in, uh, whatever place that is with four. Dead last. With, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, oh, geez. I mean, I'm in like, I'm in Clint Boyerville. I'm going to get cut. <laughs> yeah, so... What did you guys think of that race? You know what? I think it was pretty smart that Denny Hamlin decided, you know, I think he, he and Harvick, I think we're going to back up and just kind of cruise along the back and let all the crashing start. And so they were back, you know, in the back of the pack when all that started. So they missed a lot of it. Well, Hamlin, I mean, uh, Harvick got some of it later, but for the most part, those guys just kind of cruised around the back and then decided, oh, here's our, you know, here's the third segment. Now we move forward. I think that's really what happened. It was extra smart because they started in the front and then went to the back. And at the beginning, it was in the back 
where all the scrubs were just taking themselves out and whittling down. <laughs> yeah, and it seemed like in the beginning, Karvik was definitely running some aggressive moves and trying to lead and run up front. And I think he was just sort of trying out the waters when he knew people were going to lift and it wasn't quite as dangerous. I mean, it's always dangerous to do any of that stuff. But um, And then eventually he's just like, okay, we're, we're done. We're going to go to the back and hang out there. And then you're talking about, you know, he stayed back there, but uh, that one wreck that took out uh, Kyle Busch for good... Um, you could see and Joey Logano, you could see Harvick sliding across the start finish line with his car in pieces. And that was, uh, unfortunate for him, but, uh, I'll take it. You know, what was, you know, what was interesting is like, okay, cool. We're going to green. Boom. Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Going to green. Boom. Yellow. Drink. Damn it. Green. Yellow. For those playing along at home with the trash back drinking game, you drink for every flag. <laughs> and <laughs> oh boy, that way we got started early and we got started fast on Sunday. It was like, can you guys even finish a single lap at one point? Mm-hmm. And by the way, Joe Donald is a menace to NASCAR. <laughs> He's got to go. Yep. Yep. He's got to go. Uh, I mean, between all the blocking, early, early lap blocking at Vegas and, uh, Pushing weirdly here and just, uh, I don't know. So, um, I have a question. Um, can things go any worse for the Bush family? Oh, man, what a race. For the- <laughs> well, they just- well, I know Kurt Bush won last week. Mm-hmm. But it was like, cool, you won. You're all happy. You're like, you know, set in. But it's like, this race comes and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, all season, Bush boys are just getting juked, basically. Juking themselves. You know, and I think what happens is they run around bad drivers. Yeah, well, like last week, uh, when uh, my favorite part of the race that I totally forgot to put in the podcast was when Joey Logano and Kurt, uh, Kyle Busch took themselves out of the race, out of contention. Mm-hmm. I think it is very good for Kyle Busch to have a season like this. I think it will mm-hmm. put things into perspective for him, and perhaps, just maybe, he won't be such an entitled punk in the future. This is my positive outlook. Okay. On things, yeah. giving people the benefit of the doubt because personal improvement. Yeah, exactly. It, okay. You know what? I think that straight bull drive. You hate that guy <laughs> as much as I hate him. All three of us hate that guy. What if he turns it all around? I don't hate him as much as I hate Joy Logano. But <laughs> that's a fun thing about NASCAR. It, it's fun to just hate on drivers. Yeah. Yeah, I've got. I've got about three or four that just drive me crazy. So, and there they are. I've tried my week. best. I've, I've tried my best to actually like the fourteen, and he just continues to just do stupid things. <laughs> so, <laughs> should have yeah. heard what Rob had to say about the, that driver when uh, Jeff Gordon was still driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Probably, yeah, I mean, I, I like to drink too. I just don't. I just don't do it at work. Well, you're kind of missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so Lizelle, you kind of touched on it. Let's talk about it here since we're still talking about Talladega. Um, we had some yellow line penalties. What were below the yellow line penalties for a lot of drivers, but not the 11 car for no particular reason. Uh, let's use him as an example. Um, he made his race winning pass uh, going a little bit two tires below the yellow line past two drivers uh, and ended up 
uh, getting track position that way. And he wasn't even all that forced. Uh, if you watch the replay, he had plenty of room up high. He could have stayed with his wheels on that yellow line um, and still made it around. Um, and Whereas I think Chase Elliott got penalized for something for two wheels below the line, and he was pretty forced down there. Um, he didn't give his the position back, though. And he didn't fall back in line, so um, that, you know, I guess that's a gray area. But I think the inconsistency of the call is the reason why that needs to go away. And I think they got rid of, they put that in there to prevent accidents from people going below the yellow line and causing wrecks and stuff. But um, I think it's going to be almost as bad where uh, if you don't want to be penalized, you're going to hold your position on the yellow line and get wrecked anyway. Well, I'll offer a different point of view and kind of a okay. question for Lazell because he's the biggest sports fan um, among us. So is the answer to take the yellow line rule out or is the answer to enforce the yellow line rule consistently no matter what? Take out the judgment call of, well, was he forced? Was he pushed? Was it unavoidable kind of thing? And just say, no, it's this kind of race. It's this kind of restart. If your tires go below the yellow line, it's a penalty. And if you want to dispute that, we can go to the instant replay and we can see if those tires are down there. It'll show it clear as day, but take out the judgment call of it. Is that a better solution? Well, you know what? As long as the race continues, so if they decide, you know, your crew chief comes across the line or comes up, you know, comes over the radio and says, hey, we've been flagged. You've got to do a drive-through penalty or drive through and wait to go to the back of the last line, then I get it. But I mean, you know, those games stop in the sports. You can't just stop a driving you know, 200 miles an hour. That's just, you know, come in the head, you know, serve your penalty and then get back in. I think that's the best way to do it. Okay. And not wait. There's no like grace period for like, okay, you can challenge it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think that those guys can, I think, I think the officials can look at the actual replay while the rest is still going. And so even if you're in first place, guess what? You were just penalized. Come in, for, you know, for a drive through or, you know, you have to stop for however many, you know, seconds. And now you can get back in. I think that's gotcha. the best. So they're already it. watching. It's too it dangerous to do it any other way. Yeah. It's too dangerous to do it any other way. I mean, stop the race, you know, or a red fight or whatever. That's, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think that they could stop it. I guess it's just a matter of kind of taking that judgment call out of it. I don't know. It seemed like the, the consensus from the booth and the drivers in the booth, like Jeff Burton and Dale Earnhardt Jr., were like, get rid of it. We don't need that rule. Like, if you go down there and it's unsafe and you pop back up and wreck, that's on you. Like, there are natural consequences for that. And that's your position too, right, Coach? Like, you agree, like, get rid of that rule. There, The consequences are natural. Like, it's a safety rule, right? I think I just get rid of it. Just let them race where they're going to race. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to the news. So, in news, um, well, why don't you go through the news real quickly? Okay. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. That's, which one is that? Uh, I think you said he was the middle fat one. Okay. The race car driver, the the fat racist one, and then the dumb skinny one. He's yeah. the fat racist one? Yes. All right. So Mike Wallace's suspension upheld on final appeal. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Uh, and 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then like, we have oh, new evidence that I'm not a racist. You're a racist. Uh, then it looks like a new another event. Daniel Miguel Suarez to drive for get this track house racing. Who? Yeah, exactly. Who? Um, I do know it's going to be the '99 car again. Oh, that's not for a anybody car who's. Anymore. I don't know. Uh, does Roush even exist anymore? I don't. Who knows? Dude, that dude is still alive. I think he's a vampire. <laughs> One hat. one hat, one eye. All right, yeah, no. Um, okay, sure. Uh, I I don't know who Trackhouse Racing is, but uh, I can only imagine it will be either the same or better than his current ride. I mean, how can you be worse? So we'll find out, I'm sure. Yep. All right, and then we got the big news, right? Our question we have every week, what's going to happen with the 48 car? Alex Bowman... We'll be moving to the 48 for Hendrick Motorsports next year. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of a surprise. I thought he was going to stick with the 88. So if he's shifting from the 88 to the 48, does the 88 team close down? Does does Hendrick still have somebody else for the 88? I mean, basically all of our speculation for the 48 now switches to the 88. Is that team going to continue on, or is that team going to fold? And it kind of makes sense that he's moving to the 48 if you have to pick the, between the two because the 48's won seven championships and 83 races and the 88's, um, put it politely, has not. Has <laughs> <laughs> not even close. So uh, has not had, had the, uh, the results. So maybe that team just goes away. Um, I think I don't know. that is the most likely scenario. They're trying mm-hmm. to run four cars out of that shop, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, I don't really know how NASCAR works, but I have a feeling that um, sponsorship, merchandise, um, appearances, those kinds of things mm-hmm. bring in a lot of money. And there have been none of that this year. So mm-hmm. putting that 88 car on hiatus next year until, you know, next year's silly season contracts open up or somebody else up and coming is a little bit more ready might be a good like might be a prudent and financial decision from that team. I have nothing to base that on except speculation, but um, running four cars is expensive in a year that mm-hmm. I don't know that everybody's making a lot of money. No, at this point, I think they're just sort of in survival mode, but um, I mean, a couple of them are making money, I'm sure. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense that it's easy to streamline. Uh, you can get rid of that third car, get rid of some overhead um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, you got to get rid of a bunch of crew people and crew chiefs and things like that. But that's why they're promoting Chad Canales, the competition director. And there's new opportunities <laughs> opening up, right? You know, those guys mm-hmm. are, you know, they're a professional community. Places like uh, like Michael Jordan Racing, or what do we call it? Race Jam, Secret Sauce yeah. Racing is opening <laughs> yes. up. They're going to need people. Right. Track House Racing. They're going to need people. Oh, yeah? mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they might be able to swoop in and head on some pretty good crew, crew members and mechanics. Okay. Now, you know you are throwing your, radar, your weight around. You got that, that BDE Matt Dividendo. <laughs> Tells yes. the Wood Brothers, listen, bros, you got listen. Chumps, you got until the end of the month to renew my contract or I'm out of here. 
because apparently he's got options. Maybe. I still don't know what's going on with that 20 car. Maybe that one's folding. Maybe they're getting rid of that one too. Maybe so. I mean, mm-hmm. got that big dividend that no energy. <laughs> there you go. That's in. We got there, folks. We got there. <laughs> Sorry, I was just, uh, if I'm not paying super attention, I'm just reading over this letter that is our next item. All right, our In next list. item I'm going to go through here. <clears throat> I'm glad it sells back because he hates this guy. <laughs> Kyle Larson apologizes and addresses his suspension. Kyle Larson released an essay on his personal website Sunday evening. Now, what are your odds? What do you, what do you think? 50-50 or greater, that Kyle Larson was also playing the trashback drinking game while watching Tyler Vega before he wrote this essay. <laughs> it's far too coherent. Taking for accountability for his use of a racial slur nearly six months ago and illustrating the steps he has taken to become more educated about civil rights issues. All right. Okay. The essay, into, it's like we're in, like, what are we, this is freshman year? Who told you to write an essay? Bill, Fra- <laughs> Bill France Jr. called him up and said, listen, I need a 500-word essay on my desk no later than six months from now. And he had to get it in because the due date finally happened. Yeah, the essay, Although, actually, yeah, to, yeah. to his credit, it's 1,817 words. That's corrected. a lot of writing. It took six months. Brian... I think he's trying at least, you know, I mean, I think he's trying to like, no, I really do. I think he's trying. I mean, I think he was probably trying to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) He was playing a trackback game while he was doing virtual racing, you know, and he slipped on the banana and yeah. (laughs) The essay titled Uh Kyle Larson colon my lessons learned is among his first public comments since his indefinite suspension from NASCAR and his dismissal by Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi Racing. He also spoke to the Associated Press on August 19th about his efforts to heal the damage caused by his use of the slur over a public communication channel on April 12th iRacing event. (laughs) Dearest Martha, Anger came to me. <laughs> Dearest Martha, anger came to me from all angles. Being labeled a racist has hurt the most, but I brought that upon myself because I'm a racist, Rob added editorially. What I didn't expect, though, were all the people who, despite the disappointment in what I did, made the choice to not give up on me. You might say I was empowered by my racism, and my con- and my actions should have no consequences. I'm a big racist, and everyone knows it. Yet, look at all my other racist fans! They could be buying merchandise for you, future employer. <clears throat> 
it motivates me to repay their faith by working harder, not giving up on myself, and making sure nothing positive comes from the harm I cause. But perhaps... Larson has not been reinstated by NASCAR officials who have required him to complete sensitivity training as a condition for his return to completion. How long does sensitivity training take? It's like traffic school. A little longer. Um, One of the things he said in his uh, letter here, uh, he's actually hired himself a personal diversity coach. I would think that if you needed to hire a private coach to ensure that you could pass sensitivity training, you're probably a really big racist. Like, most people would just go to the sensitivity training, spend the four hours, take the little online test, and get their job back. But he's such a racist, he doesn't feel like he can do that on his own. He needs private coaching. Huh. That's not how I read that, but, uh... <laughs> all right, you two, you can be Kyle Larson apologists all you want. I am not one of those fans that is sticking with it. <laughs> he, he broke my heart, Kyle Larson. You broke my heart. I think you take Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, put them in a room together and turn the lights out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. But we don't have to put this on Bubba Wallace. He's got enough uh-huh. problems. He's going to go to some garbage team where they're going to put mystery juice in his casting. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say we should read the entire entire letter because uh, that's I was looking at it. And, yeah, hiring a personal diversity coach, that's an interesting tell. But I think he's... I, I mean, he's trying to get his job back. That's really what it is. Then do the sensitivity training. Yeah, but what, I mean, do you think that maybe part of it is he's being advised to just keep a low profile for the, this year and just try to come back next year after it's kind of forgotten and had time to time to just kind of fade away? Advised by his private sensitivity coach? Maybe. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, I asked you guys to bring your goofs. All you want to do is talk about what a great guy is and how hard he's trying. So we will move on. All right, let's talk about the playoffs. Um, Okay, so Nazelle had a note here about playoff cuts. I think it's kind of interesting because I did some math of the, the crazy NASCAR point system that makes... Not much sense because you have to do things, uh, add things. So obviously, if you're uh, below the cut line, um, but if you win a race, you're automatically in. But let's say I, I was, I wanted to see how many points could you get if you didn't win the race, but you finished second. Um, so that starts with a, you know, you can win 40 points if you win, so 39 points. Plus you get, if you win a stage one and two, you get 10 points per those stages as well. So right now, you're already up to 59 points. And you get two playoff bonus points for winning those stages, so you're up to 61 points. So the most someone can earn without winning is 61 points. There is nobody from 9th to 12th that is uh, more than uh, 48 points out. So it is possible, but that depends. They have to gain 
61 points on somebody, you know, on the eighth place or whatever. They have to gain those points on all the people in front of them. So is it possible? It is, but not likely. Um, it's almost like it's possible. It's, it, it becomes possible as soon as one of those drivers in front of you mm-hmm. crashes and is not going to make exactly. points. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, you're kind of running around spinning your wheels. Yeah, and I kind of uh, I kind of find it interesting that um, even all the way up to third place in the point standings right now, which is Kevin Harvick, who's sixty eight points above the cut line, he actually does not clinch uh, if one of the people who's hasn't won this year um, or hasn't won who's in the top top twelve who hasn't won wins. He can actually still be knocked out if he has a bad day and finishes like thirtieth. Right, because the win, like the safety. The, the mm-hmm. reality show uh, immunity <laughs> runs out, like starts over every three races. Well, kind of. I mean, he still has those uh, all these uh, uh, playoff points that he's earned throughout the year. Those carry over every single time we move into a new playoff round. So that's why he's still in the top of the points because he did not have a good, did not have a great Vegas, and he didn't have a good Talladega. So, but he's still third in points. So that's he's got some carryover um, happening. But, I mean, basically anybody else uh, from 4th to 8th is kind of not really solidly in there. I think Harvick, he basically needs to get 8 points in this next race. And considering that there's only 38 cars, um, even if Vintage is dead last, he's going to get at least 2. Sure. Yeah. um, He was pretty garbage at, uh, he was pretty garbo at the Daytona road course. Yeah, but even still, uh, if he finishes in twentieth place, he'll be fine. But not dead. Twenty fifth, yeah, he ba- yeah, thirtieth, 29th, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and that's the worst case scenario. I mean, honestly, most likely, even if he does finish last, he'll probably still make it through. Um, however, Chase Elliott, forty four points to the good. Yeah, he'll, he finishes in the top twenty, he'll be fine. Um, however, uh, you look at Logano, twenty one points to the good. Unfortunately, he still. It's probably likely to do okay in here. Mm-hmm. And really what has to happen is that uh, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Clip Boyer, or Eric Almarola have to either win the race or finish in the top five and have one of these other fourth through eighth place people have a really bad day. Like Alex Bowman needs to blow up and Logano needs to blow up. Um, so they could make it in. So what happens when a, when a non- championship driver wins the stage like what happened on Sunday. They still get the points because there is like cash money award at the end of the season for 17th through whatever. So I think that's why I was confused in the Vegas race when they were talking about uh, Ryan Blaney winning points. Like he won a stage and they were talking about his points and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought he got eliminated. It's like, you know, he still earns those points and he steals those points in a way from mm-hmm. a driver that could use them towards uh, the trophy. Yeah. So this so, is NASCAR's way of balancing the idea of like the entire season matters with points and kind of forcing a competition and some desperation and excitement in the last few races because it's like, yeah, you're definitely on the bubble there, Logano, but with a win. You could survive, you know, to the next month. Yeah. Or, yeah, you just have to run up front and you can win those stage points and you can, you can point your way into the next round even if, uh, even if you're not, you don't have a win. Uh, that, that sort of thing, too. What, 
but you have to run hard in the middle of the race. And I think that was, that's actually, I think that's a good thing. Um, the, the stage points and stuff like that. That's, that's adding excitement to the playoffs. What I don't like is it's just really friggin' impossible to keep track of how many points everybody needs and what the scenarios are. Um, so. It, <laughs> is this next race the actual final cut for the next people? It is. So, where is Kyle Bush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, if there is a new winner, and this is on J-Skis, if there is a new winner, uh, by the way, Kyle Bush is 21 points out. Uh, basically, he could uh, clinch with help, uh, which means he needs to win the race or finish in the top. I mean, he could if, if uh, help meaning that if people in 6th, uh, 7th, 8th have like an, a blown engine, if Logano has a blown engine um, and Kyle Bush finishes in the top 10, he's probably in because he can gain uh, you know 21 points on Logano pretty easily that way. But... Um, if everybody finishes the race, and... I've got a coin in my hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> Should I flip for who I want to win that race or do better? Uh, sure. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush, huh? I, I know. I want him out. I want him out of the championship. I want him to not win a you, race. You, you want you want him in better than than that killer Joey Logano. Uh, what I would like is for Logano and Kyle Bush both to crash themselves out and have uh, Clint Boyer or Austin Dillon make sneak in. That's what I want. <laughs> but anywho, you know what? Though, if those two guys were out, those are the two kind of guys, man. They would ruin the rest of the playoffs for everybody else. That's a, that's what I think. Well, as desperation strikes this weekend, they probably will literally ruin the chances for some other people with their aggressive driving. Uh huh. Little Jimmy Johnson action on the last lap. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Um, with that being said, um, who do you think is going to finish that last lap in first? Oh, I'm first. I don't know if I if it's best to pick first because I have every opportunity in the world to succeed and I still fail, or if it's better to pick, uh-huh. or if it's worse to pick last, where it's like, oh well. <laughs> Everybody chills. I think I didn't have a chance anyway. Um, Chase Elliott is <laughs> yes worth it. <laughs> I don't think that's a very surprised guy. He's been a super strong road course racer, uh, and he's won the last race here. So he is yeah, a road I, course I winner. He was super consistent through um, uh, the Daytona road course thing that we just watched. He is really proving himself to be um, a very versatile driver. Like, we just saw him run strong. Couldn't beat Denny Hamlin, but run real strong all day at Talladega through all these weird crashes mm-hmm. and different scenarios. We've seen him do great at um, short tracks at the cookie cutters. Like, he's that solid pick. Like, I don't know if he's he's as close to, like, the safety pick <laughs> at a road course because Harvick is, <laughs> is off the table, I think. So... Chase, uh, maybe, yeah. Okay, all right, Lizelle. Okay, okay, okay. So as much as I want to pick my favorite guy, and I hope he wins, I'm going with Ryan Blaney over Denny Hamlin. All right, believe it or not, that's who I'm going with. I, I think that's a smart pick, uh, a, a better pick than uh, than Denny Hamlin for this uh, race, just because. Um, Looking at the averages. But, but that's who you're going to pick, though, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm going to pick a guy 
who was just in the news that we were just talking about, who has an average finish at this course over the two races of three. He is the number one average finisher. Average start of 2.5, but... Uh, and that's going to be Alex Bowman. Oh, Bowman! Bowman! Yep, he just got some good news that he's getting the 48, um, and that usually always, with somebody who has certainty about their contract next year, uh, always tends to, they tend to run well after that. Um, interesting, just looking over the the stats, The he's the number one with the average finish. We only had two races here, so it's kind of not great stats, but um, Bowman is number one. Uh, number two is Chase Elliott. Number three is our favorite drunkard, Clint Boyer. With an average finish of 3.5. Um, nice. He's, yeah. Uh, then Ryan Blaney. Then Kevin Harvick, surprisingly. At this track, apparently, he's not that bad. Um, and then, but, I don't know. Maybe he's just, I think he's off his feed uh, this week. And he'll probably come back next round of eight or whatever. Um, and get his win in. Yeah, much stronger. But um, then Jimmy Johnson. Um, but uh, the way he's running, I'm, there's no way I'm going to pick him for anything. <laughs> Uh, and then there's all the rest. Don't you guys find it interesting that we all went with young drivers? Well, it's a new course, so yeah. why not? Yeah, the up and comers. Yeah, but but they're they're all pretty good. Might road be a hindrance here. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all pretty good road course drivers too. So, very cool. Well, there we go. All right. Well, your two picks definitely surprised wow. me. And like I say every week, <laughs> I like my chances. I could maybe finally have <laughs> half the wins Lizelle does. It could be my week. Not likely. All right. Here's to hoping. Thanks for listening, everybody. That is a track smack. I'm Rob. I'm Coach. I'm Lizelle. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Track Schmack Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to trackschmack at gmail.com.